Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to donate. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. And back with another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with all of the guys, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Great. Good. Well, Thanks, Bob, Bob, how are you? Good. Uh, always great catching up with you. We've actually got a mixed bag of a few different things that we're going to be talking about in this episode. Uh, we're certainly going to be talking about the results of the Georgia runoff election for the Senate, Raphael Warnock winning over Herschel Walker. So we'll discuss that, the implications of that, and what Republicans need to do going forward uh, to win elections that they clearly should be winning and are not. Uh, there's that issue. Uh, we're going to talk about, in the second half of this podcast, about the Twitter files scandal, Twittergate, and that whole thing that Elon Musk has released so there's a few things to get to, maybe even a little bit about President Biden being in Arizona, being in a border state, but not willing to go to the border because, after all, there's more important things going on. Wow, really? Okay. Uh, but first, there's something else that happened this week in the news. And, John, I want to get your take on this, being there in Colorado, of mm-hmm. course. John Rush rushed reason out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, you got this case of Lori Smith. Now, she is a born-again sister in Christ. She's an evangelical Christian. She owns a web designing company. And she doesn't want to use her skills and talents to design a website for gay weddings. Well, to me, that's kind of common sense. Yeah, it's uh, a very so, personal thing. Yeah, I mean, it is. Come on. But what happens, uh, the gay and lesbian groups, we all know how they are. They could easily go to a web designer that is a rainbow flag-waving, gay-friendly web designer, but they deliberately target Christians to try to force them mm-hmm. into violating their beliefs so that they can financially destroy them after the fact. Well, anyway, this goes works its way to the Supreme Court, and it was this week that the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments on this case. It was kind of interesting to see some of the levity that was happening there, too, with uh, Sam Alito and Elena Kagan and kind of uh, having a little bit of humor as well. But this is a very important case because there are a lot of Christian businesses in this country that are not protected at all by the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. So it's, I think it's going to be very important to see how the Supreme Court comes down on this case. Agree. And my feeling on businesses in general is they should be able to service whatever customers they want to have a totally different view on this than most. Mm-hmm. I think the Supreme Court, frankly, and I'm, I'm, I'm not them, I'm, I'm not an attorney by any stretch of imagination, but I don't know how you could not rule in favor of her when you've had other cases like Jack Phillips and others where you know they've ruled in favor of Jack. I mean, to me, this is a slam dunk. She wins, but it's not the last one of these we're going to hear about. Oh, I know. Well, and I'm sitting there trying to imagine a a Muslim web designer being forced to design MuhammadIsAFalseProphet.com. Or for that matter, even a homosexual person uh, being forced to design a website for so-called gay conversion therapy, which is a misnomer. I don't believe in that term anyway. But but we just – we can't picture such a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's so many things we can go down the list for to where right. if, if we can't allow businesses 
to inject their personal beliefs. And, and I've said this for years, guys, and I'll say it openly here as well. I don't even care if a business or restaurant says, you know what, I'm only serving white customers or I'm only serving black customers. You know, my feeling is, great, knock your socks off. The free market will take care of whatever you're doing. That's a knucklehead move anyways. But in the case of these situations where you've got um, expressions and and uh, artistic ability and things along those lines, I mean, this isn't like just serving a burger to a white man or a black man or an Asian man or a Hispanic man, guys. This is completely different. This is interjecting your personal beliefs into something, believing in it enough to actually put this on the web then, and, and frankly, Lori's correct in denying that. Right. She, she sure is. You know, I I think I may have told this, this anecdote uh, a while back, but I just want to share it again because I was sharing it with my audience on my show yesterday, actually. Uh, you know, I have my apologetic series, Top Ten Proofs. Okay. And the, people get them in MP3, but they also get them in physical CDs. People actually still buy the physical CDs. Well, I have a duplicating company that produces, that, that supplies the media and the printing and the packaging. And so they, they, they basically do the work of these. Well, the company that I work for right now bought this company from a previous company. Well, that previous company bought it from my original company. Well, the middle company here, when they bought it from my original company, it was Muslim-owned. These were Muslims who bought this company. So I remember meeting with the owner of the, this company and saying to them, hey, look, you know, I'm one of your clients and just want to meet you and such, and I'm happy to work with you, but I do want you to know these are Christian apologetics materials that you would be producing. And one of the topics is top 10 proofs Islam is a false religion. Uh, another one of the topics is top 10 proofs Christianity is the only true religion. And I understand that you may be offended by the idea of this. And I just want you to know, I'm perfectly willing to work with you. I don't have a problem with that at all. But if you're uncomfortable working with me and producing these for me, I just want you to know I understand no hard feelings. And he was like, no, hey, look, I appreciate that. You know what? I know it's business. We got no problem. We'll, we'll do a good job for you. We're producing for you. And I said, you know what? I'm happy to work with you. And we shook hands. We had a great relationship. John, I cannot imagine me, you know, if that guy had said, hey, look, as a Muslim, I'm just, I'm not comfortable producing something that's called top 10 proofs. Islam is a false religion. I can't imagine myself saying, too bad. I know you have competitors I could go to, but I'm demanding you do it or I'm going to financially destroy you. It just shows how full of hate yep. and intolerance these LGBT activists and groups really are. Exactly. I mean, it'd be one thing, Bob, if she was the only web designer in town, which we all know that that's not right. the case. I mean, there's gazillions of them, especially here in the Silicon Valley of the mountains. Literally, that's what the Denver Boulder area is. I mean, we, you know, we're kind of like where Rogers at in in a way. So the reality mm -hmm. is, you know, you have got plenty, plenty of choices in Colorado as to where you want to go and have that done. All right, so true, so true. All right, well, we'll see. Hopefully, the Supreme Court comes down the right way. On I don't this. see how they can't. But I mean, again, Bob, to me, this is one where there's already been precedent set, and I'm not an attorney. You but would think you, you got to believe that this is this is a slam dunk. Well, I hope so. We'll see what John Roberts does. Even if John Roberts goes with the Liberals, we know the Liberals got three in the bank already. And so if John Roberts, in this case, goes with the Liberals, that theoretically should be five to four. I don't think uh, Neil Gorsuch is going to be peeled off. Will Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh come down on the conservative side? I tend to think so. So uh, my best guess is it's probably a 6-3 victory. But you know what? We'll, uh, we'll see. All right. Also, 
in this uh, podcast, we're going to talk about the Raphael Warnock law or the Raphael Warnock win over Herschel Walker in Georgia, fifty-one forty-nine. Hugely disappointing. Uh, pastor, I say in finger quotes. Raphael Warnock wins this this race. First of all, and Neil, let me toss it to you. Just before we even get into the specifics of this race, what the implications are for the Senate, I just want to ask you as a pastor, how in the world can Raphael Warnock be a pastor of a church and support such ungodly things like the race hustling, critical race theory, 1619 project, dividing people and identifying them by race, not to mention abortion through all nine months of pregnancy with zero restrictions on abortion. You can get an abortion right up to the moment of delivery. Uh, The LGBT agenda on steroids, drag queens teaching our kindergartners to be gender confused. How can anybody be a quote-unquote pastor, Neil, and support positions like that, let alone being voted for by at least some percentage of self-described Christians. Yeah, I know it's kind of crazy, and <clears throat> I'd love to comment on that, but let me just jump back to the previous thing for a second. John had right. an opportunity to talk about Colorado, but, you know, just another example of all of our freedoms, you know, under fire, bottom line. Uh, I'm sure that you guys know, and some of our listeners are now aware that Alliance Defending Freedom every single day is fighting to protect those basic fundamental rights we enjoy as as American citizens, you know. So whether you're a, a cake shop owner or a florist or somebody who owns a web design company, bottom line is we should never be forced to express ideas that we believe to be patently false. That flies in the face of what it means to be free. So you know, thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom. They happen to be, by the way, the largest organization in the world that is committed to protecting stuff like religious freedom and freedom of speech and marriage and family values and parental rights and the sanctity of life, um, they, bottom line, protect our most fundamental freedoms. I just wanted to mention, uh, they've won 14 cases uh, Hmm. that they've argued before the U.S. Supreme Court, and I think something like 80% of all the cases that they've ever taken on. So um, I want to encourage our listeners uh, who, you know, to support our partners, Alliance Defending Freedom. They partner with us in protecting our freedoms and our values. And by the way, right now, we can actually double our impact because the generous donors made it possible so that any gift, $100 becomes $200, um, 250 becomes 500 500 becomes 1000 So any first-time gift or gift that's given, you know, for the first time in over a year gets doubled. So let's double the impact and support our brand-new partner here on the National Crawford Roundtable Alliance Defending Freedom because we could be... Lori Smith. It could be our business that's Mm. next. Who's going to protect our freedoms? And the bottom line is, I mean, the the legal bills for this kind of stuff would be astronomical, except um, the the clients that ADF takes on don't pay a penny. So let's get behind them and support them. And if anybody wants information about that, you can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or even call 877-367-6461. That's 877-367-6461 or go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Dot net and you can <clears throat> click on the donate banner and all the information's right there. Regarding mm-hmm. Raphael Warnock, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with why so many uh, so-called evangelical blacks continue to vote for the Democratic Party in the face of their stand on things like sanctity of life, which is basically non-existent. I mean, the bottom line is no baby is safe in the womb. More black babies die as a result of abortion than are ever born live, particularly here in New York State and in New York City. I mean, it's a very dangerous place to be if you're a black child in utero. Um, on other 
common issues that we would think, you know, would be no brainers. It, it it's it's unconscionable to believe that people will just sort of dismiss that stuff to continue to elect the party that says, you know, um, that therefore African Americans and other minority groups. And I think what they've done is they've said, hey, if if we can have your vote, then you own us, and we'll take care of you, and we'll keep providing you with all kinds of you know social benefits. Um, wake up begin to to look at what's really going on. I think I mentioned this recently, and this is something that really ought to concern everybody, including Bible-believing Christians. Uh, A study was done in Buffalo, New York, on uh, minority groups, particularly on the east side of the city of Buffalo, which is where the Topps market shooting was. Uh, This guy, you know, comes in, shoots 10 African-Americans simply because of the color of their skin. They were targeted for that reason. But over the last 30 years, in a blue state, you know, Democratic governor, Democratic state legislature, supermajority there, of course, black mayor in the city of Buffalo, a Democratic-controlled common council. For the last 30 years, there's been absolutely zero economic improvement for blacks on the east side of Buffalo. At what point do people begin to wake up and say, maybe this isn't working. Maybe we need to cast our net on the other side of the boat. And I think same is true in Georgia. I think that people have bought a lie that somehow the Democrats are going to take care of you. And actually, it's holding people back from the freedoms that they were created to enjoy. So it's a sad day for uh, Republicans and for people that love freedom. But uh, onward and upward, I do think that the Republican Party across the board, at least in the Senate, major players there, really didn't jump behind um, um, Herschel Walker as they could have. I think a lot of money was thrown at it. But on the other hand, maybe it was just the fact that it was going to be, you know, for a 51-49 vote as opposed to maybe trying to take control. In other words, this was this was about trying to keep it 50-50 as opposed to maybe having total control by getting 51%. And maybe because they lost one of the other Senate races, they began to back off on this. But I just feel like um, Herschel Walker kind of got thrown out there on his own. Like, hey, good luck. If you do well, great. If not, well, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to the next election. But I, I think that the uh, the lack of momentum created by his loss is going to carry over and probably hurt us in in 2024. Sure. Well, and Roger, to to Neil's point here in the Herschel Walker loss, yeah, this does give Democrats fifty one forty nine, which means they don't they don't need Kamala Harris anymore as a tiebreaker, and that also means that all of the committees uh, they're not fifty fifty now. The committees have one extra Democrat vote, which means the Senate does have more power for the Democrats to go ahead and ram through whatever judges they want push through whatever things to the floor they want because they now have extra more subpoena power, all that kind of stuff. So for the next two years, the Democrats in the Senate do get to go on steroids in a way that they weren't able to before, but at least we got the House to to block that off. What I'm wondering, though, Roger, is how do Republicans handle so many of the election advantages that the Democrats have been able to codify? Uh, Because in Georgia, you do realize... Herschel Walker went into Election Day having to dig himself out of a big hole already because there had already been two million votes cast and the majority of them for Raphael Warnock. Now, look, I don't like early voting. Republicans hate early voting, understandably so. They hate ballot boxes. They hate ballot harvesting. They hate. I don't think any of that stuff ought to be the law. However, the Democrats have been successful in changing the election rules. And if they've changed the election rules and these are the rules that we have, to me, it seems like we got one of two options. Either option A, get the rules changed back to how they should be. And if option A is not possible, then option B is let's learn how to do a better job fighting with these existing rules as wrong as they may be. It just seems that the 
Democrats are collecting huge leads ahead of time. They're capitalizing on ballot harvesting and ballot boxes, and the Republicans are not. And we can't dig ourselves out of the hole come Election Day. And if we don't learn from this, same thing is going to happen in 2024. Can we all pay attention to what happened in, in Georgia this past midterm election? I mean, Republicans and Democrats alike. Remember the election integrity bills that were passed and, you know, yep. Brian Kemp and the whole thing, the the GOP-led legislature. And what we passed and what we, we were triumphing and heralding here allowed for everything that happened in Georgia to happen. That's right. Stacey, Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden. This is Jim Crow on steroids, this, that, and the other thing. And what did we see? You saw a huge turnout of African-Americans, and the mm-hmm. African-Americans have voted more, more, I mean, slightly more for Raphael Warnock than Herschel Walker. I mean, when it comes right down to it, Republicans can't complain about the fact that we need election integrity, and then when the law is passed, not take advantage of everything that's in the law. I mean, if the law allowed for ballot harvesting, then Republicans have to harvest ballots. If it vote for early voting, right. Republicans can't sit back until Election Day and say, gosh, I hope I could get in on time. I mean, what do you mean hope you can get in on time? And where was the money for Herschel Walker? Four days over Thanksgiving weekend when Herschel Walker was nowhere on the campaign trail and afterwards came back and said, yeah, I didn't have any money. And Raphael Warnock's out there winning a court victory. And yes, you could vote on the Saturday beforehand. And the GOP sits on their hands, does nothing, and then says, they only lost by, what, 60,000 votes? I mean, for crying out loud, this was a very, very winnable war. And the GOP completely dropped the ball in Georgia. And by the way, there were 200,000 less Herschel Walker votes this time than there were the November 8th elections. You had 200,000 Republicans who, who went out and voted for him on November 8th, but didn't vote for him again on December 6th. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, my goodness. And, just and, and every time I hear Raphael Warnock talk about, you know, I'm a pastor. He was reverend last night in his victory oh, speech. And oh. My mom had 12 kids and I was born, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And yet this guy is one of the most pro-abortion Oh, uh, he is in the USA. It's disgusting, right. Bob. I mean, it, 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 I'll tell you what. It really is. He was just asked, as a matter of fact, when he was standing there with John Ossoff the other day, are there any restrictions on abortion you would support? And he goes, I supported Roe v. Wade. And, okay, that wasn't the question. The question is, do you support any restrictions on abortion? Of course, he does not. And this guy who calls himself a pastor. And, and that's why I just I want to remind everyone, because we've got more to talk about this. I want to get uh, John in on this in a moment, too. But... You hear us talking about preborn every day. And yes, folks, I know it can be frustrating to see rabidly pro-abortion people get elected. Okay, we get that. But that doesn't mean there's nothing we can do. There's still women that are getting pregnant and those babies' lives can be saved, but it takes money to do that. Right? Preborn partners with pro-life centers all across America. And what they do is they show ultrasound images of unborn babies to those moms who see a picture of their baby for the first time ever. And statistically, 83% of the time, a woman chooses life if she sees an ultrasound image of her baby. So we got to get these ultrasound images in front of these moms. But again, it takes money to do this. Ultrasound machines, they cost money, let's be blunt. And the average amount of money it takes to stop one abortion is $28. That's why we're asking everybody in the audience, I want you to fall into one of two categories, okay? Uh, category A, just the regular folks, want you to give $280 one time to save 10 babies' lives, all right? That's right. You stop 10 abortions with $280. It's a nice tax write-off for you. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing to overhead. So we're asking everybody right now, 280 bucks one time, will you do that? 
The second category of people are those of you that have been really blessed by God financially. Maybe you operate a business, you'd like a nice tax write-off. Maybe you're just doing well financially. It costs $15,000 to buy one of these machines. Fifteen grand to buy one machine. You will be responsible for literally stopping thousands and thousands of abortions. What a legacy that would be for your business or your family. So we need some $15,000 givers right now. I'm asking you if you will give $15,000, buy an ultrasound machine, and be responsible for saving thousands of babies' lives. So whether you're in the $15,000 category or whether you're in the 280 category, either way, here's where you go. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can do it right now. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab and you can donate right there. And remember, 100% of everything you give goes to fund ultrasounds, not a dime for overhead. Now, if you want to call over the phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Give them a call right now or go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. We need you to either do 280 on one side or some of you, we need to do the 15 grand to buy the machines, but let's save these babies' lives. As we continue through this National Crawford Roundtable podcast, uh, talking about what's going on in elections, uh, specifically in Georgia. So, uh, John, I want to get your take on this. It does seem as though the Republicans are completely botching the way that the game is played. And, and look, I, I hate, hate, hate the fact that we have ballot boxes now and we have ballot harvesting and we have early voting. And I hate all of that. And even the, to Roger's point, John, the so-called Jim Crow on steroids, Georgia law, actually put ballot boxes permanently around the state, which is a a wish list gift to people who want to commit fraud. Uh, They never had those before COVID. They expanded early voting as well in Georgia. So they pretty much made it easier for right. people to want to commit fraud if they want to. But you got a lot of Republicans right now that are going, well, no, the Republican Party says, well, no, we're just going to put all our eggs in the basket of Election Day. Well, that's stupid because you now you have millions of votes of deficit to dig your way out of. It's right. like if the rules change, no matter how wrong the rules are, you have to compete in the new rules. Exactly. And Roger said it very well. If that's what the rules are, then go play by them. I I don't understand why we have such a hard time figuring that out. And it's not to say, well, if they cheat, we cheat. No, if that's what the rules say you can do, then why are we not doing it? But we... We are so close-minded sometimes, and you know the only other thing I want to add into all of this that I think is really hurting the Republican Party, the conservatives, and I don't. This is the part, guys. I don't know how to fix. As long as we continue to hand out the money that we're handing out, we're going to have a hard time winning elections. Any time you can dole out money to yourself by voting a particular way, it's going to be hard to win elections. It's a whole other topic outside of GOP strategy, but somehow that has to be fixed as well. Because trust me, in a lot of cases, these votes are just so they can end up with more money in their pocket from the government. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. That's a whole separate issue to discuss as well. And I think that's a very legitimate concern. It does seem to me, though, that somehow, some way, Republicans, the Republican Party has to do a better job playing according to the new 
wrong-headed rules, but they are the new rules now. Whatever they are, we play by them, period. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, Neil, it seems to me that this isn't that complicated, that from now on going into 2024, the Republican Party needs to say, okay, here's where early voting is in these states. We're pouring our ad money into this now instead of holding it all back, letting the ads be 10 to 1 for Democrats through early voting. And then suddenly catch up around Election Day. Well, by then, a third to close to half of the people have voted already. You already lost a bunch of those votes. And so now you're trying to convince people at the last minute. And you didn't bother convincing people before that. This is just being stupid on the Republicans' part. Do you think they'll ever learn from this? Well, that's a great question because I think this is kind of one of the hallmarks of what the Republican Party has been about. I think that we are good at playing defense, but we're not great on offense. And I mean, if you just want to look at it in a sports analogy, like you need great pitching to win the World Series, but at some point you got to score some runs or you're not mm-hmm. going to win the game. And it, I think you guys are 100% right. I was watching a few conservative commentators last night after they called the race uh, in favor of Warnock say basically the same thing, but why don't Republicans ever get this message? I don't know. I think I think sometimes we play too nice. Other times we don't play with proper strategy. And who are, you know, who are all the consultants that tell the Republicans how to go about these things? Like, where was the money for Herschel Walker a few days after Thanksgiving, as Roger mentioned earlier? How come we weren't going after this like our lives depended on it? Because ultimately our lives and our freedoms do. And it's just kind of disgusting to think that we sit back when we could be trying to actually advance our cause and uh, gain some ground for what we believe in here in this country. Why we lay back right. is beyond me. I don't know. I, you know what? I could not agree more. And of course, you're absolutely right, Neil, that we stink at offense. I mean, I look at the Georgia race and how much time was spent branding Herschel Walker as the radical extremist on abortion because he doesn't support rape and incest abortions. But Raphael Warnock was not branded as the extremist for supporting abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. That is an extremely radical position. And I got news for you. Most independent swing voters would not support that. But we just, we stink at the branding of that, which by the way, folks, this is the reason why you hear us talking about preborn so much. Uh, To those of you who donated the $280 to stop 10 abortions, we thank you for that. but we got a lot more that we need to raise. We got a lot of babies' lives that need to be saved. So I just want to remind everybody go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and give $280 to stop 10 abortions. That's right. You save 10 babies' lives through showing ultrasound images of these unborn babies to moms in pro life centers all across the country. And yes, we need some of you out there that have been blessed financially by God to buy ultrasound machines. They are $15,000 to buy an ultrasound machine. It's a tax write-off for you, your family, or your business. 100% of what you give goes to funding ultrasounds, goes to the ultrasound machine, not a dime for overhead. So we need some of you out there to do that also. But either way, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So call right now, 833-850-850. Baby, all right, A three three eight five zero. Baby, we appreciate you folks doing this, and uh, we've got more coming up in the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. You can listen to the second half on your regular radio station you're listening to us now on but if they don't cover the second half sometimes radio stations play the second half at a different time so you can go to the program guide of your radio station and see where the second half is played or just listen online at crawfordmediagroup.net 
or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we welcome your five-star reviews. Thank you so much for that. All right, more. The second half of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger Marsh at the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush of Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. All right, so the first half we were talking about the Herschel Walker loss to Raphael Warnock. Uh, we were also talking about the Supreme Court case in Colorado for free freedom of uh, speech and the right to not be forced as a Christian business owner to have to violate your beliefs and create websites and such for things that you disagree with. In the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about the Twitter gate, the Twitter files released from Elon Musk. Uh, before we uh, before we get to uh, that, though, I, I did want to mention very briefly the thing about the border and Joe Biden, because, oh, my goodness, earlier this week, Joe Biden, he was in Arizona. He was in Arizona on Tuesday, and he was asked by, I think it was Peter Ducey of Fox News, can't remember, but oh, why would you go to a border state and not visit the border? Because as you know, Joe Biden has not been to the border once as United States president. As a matter of fact, during his entire eight years as vice president, he didn't visit the border once. Closest he got was when he was campaigning for vice president when he happened to go to a rally that was in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is 50 miles north of the border. Other than that, he refuses to go to the border. Uh, And when he was asked about this, he said, well, there's more important things going on. Okay, really? More important than four to five million illegal aliens flooding into this country. More important than the humanitarian crisis of hundreds and hundreds of dead women and children floating in the Rio Grande, migrants dying in uh, being cooked alive in trucks on the side of the road. More important than the Border Patrol agent who was killed just this morning trying to apprehend illegal immigrants. More important than the overwhelming nature of what's happening to these border communities, the Border Patrol themselves being overwhelmed, the sex trafficking, human trafficking industries exploding, not to mention this little thing called tons and tons of opioids and fentanyl flooding into this country. The people that are getting rich right now are the drug dealers in this nation because of these open borders. All of that crisis is going on, yet Joe Biden says, well, there's more important things going on right now. Yeah, like going to Delaware, your own home state, countless times on the U.S. taxpayer dollar. And by the way, stopping off to get ice cream just about every trip. So those things are more important than going to the border. I just, I find this so offensive, so out of touch. But Roger, I want to ask you about this. You know what I really think this is? Why Joe Biden refuses to go to the border? And this is just my personal opinion. I think this is Joe Biden and the mainstream media covering each other's backs. Joe Biden knows that the border is a huge disaster for him. So the last thing he wants to do is draw attention to it, just pretend it isn't there and hopefully no one will notice it. And the media is giving him coverage because the press knows if Joe Biden and Democrats know if Joe Biden goes to the border, the media has no choice but to go to the border also. And the last thing the Democrats want is ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, AP, everybody else down there with their reporters and cameras at the border, seeing for themselves 
on camera what's happening with those communities, what's happening with crime, what's happening with Border Patrol being overwhelmed. The media and the Democrats together do not want that on the public's radar screen. And that's the reason why I think the Democrats are keeping Joe Biden away from the border, because the media can't ignore wherever the president of the United States goes. Yeah, you, when you've got a media that will lapdog for you, that will carry all the talking points out and feel like they're doing actual journalism. Have you guys noticed that we spend more of our time doing investigative reporting on the media and the way they report as opposed to the actual stories that are going on? I mean, the, Watergate would not be reported the way it was now, 50 years later, the way it was in, back in 1973, right. if everybody was using the same standards that they are right now. And, and you're right. I think it was Joe Scarborough kind of screwed up, but was it last week on his Morning Joe program on MSNBC, where all of a sudden he said, have you seen what's happening at the border? Oh, my goodness. This is like he was seeing it for the first time. And it was right before the president's going to Arizona. And then all of a sudden they had to reel that one back, you know, because it's it just as quickly as Paul Pelosi disappeared from the national media story. I mean, the, the stories kind of show up and they aren't necessarily stories that people are covering, at least on the left. It's what images do we need to have on the screens? What feeds do we need to you know, throw out on our social media accounts? And so in this case here, it, it's the president of the United States being asked a very ingenuous question, a very you know, decent and fair and honest question. You're in a border state. This is a problem. And, and why, why are you not doing it? I mean, at least go for, for a photo op, you know, announce some new plan where you're going to unleash new money or this, that, and the other thing. But it's not on the talking points. It's not on the agenda. And so it's up to us to keep, you know, continuing to report it, continuing like in the same cases, what you're seeing with Twitter. The left is losing its mind because all of a sudden Elon Musk is making Twitter a a more level playing field for free speech. And and they can't handle that because they like the fact that, you know, basically they're the Harlem Globetrotters and we're the Washington generals. I mean, every time they every time they can plan all their trick plays, they can sing sweet George Brown, but they always win the game. Always, every single yeah. time. And now, all of a sudden, it's not working like that. The shot just doesn't, it's not like Pleasantville, where every time you throw the ball up, it goes in the hoop. I mean, and, and they're frustrated with it. And uh, we, we just have to stay the course and actually uh, keep speaking up and, and standing up, you know, to John's point about saying, look, if these are the rules of engagement right now, we need to play that game better. Way to play the obscure Pleasantville card that very few people got, but I got what you were talking about. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, John, when when I look at uh, when I look at what's happening at the the border, though, and Joe Biden refusing to go there, uh, let's face it. I mean, we all know that number one, yes, that the media and the Democrats do not want this. Do not want a light to be shown on how ugly it is and what a disaster and crisis, humanitarian crisis it is. But also we got to remember, this is political strategy on the Democrats' part because they know full well if they have open borders, the bottom line is, and they have and they have sanctuary states, they're going to increase the populations in those blue states, which means those people get counted for congressional districting. And so therefore, of the 435 U.S. congressional districts, you get more of them proportioned to some of these Democrats blue states, which means the Democrats get more seats in the United States House of Representatives, which means they get more electoral college votes and that bigger of a head start in presidential elections uh, from places like California and New York. The Democrats know full well what they're doing with these open borders, but they're, they're doing this being willing to sacrifice 
107,000 opioid deaths last year. Opioid deaths were the number one cause of death in America for 18 to 45-year-olds. Think about that. That's what the Democrats are willing to sacrifice. All the increased crime, the humanitarian dead bodies of women and children, sex trafficking and human trafficking industries exploding. That's all an acceptable sacrifice so that we can get bigger head starts in the Electoral College in blue states. Mm-hmm. You're right. Everything you just said, 100% correct. And the reason why you know he's not going there is because, you know, no offense, but why bother? That's their attitude. Why bother? We already know. know what's going on there. Why do we need to go down there and check on what we already know is happening? And everything you just said, Bob, is exactly what's happening. The only thing that I don't think that they're counting on, and this is something that'll be interesting to see how this plays out. They're, they're figuring that every single immigrant that comes across the border will end up being a blue voter. You know what, guys? I, I'm not convinced that that's the case. There's a lot of those folks coming up that are good, solid, hardworking individuals that I think once they get here and realize what's really going on and the future they have in front of them and which party is best for them in that regard, I'm not so sure this is going to work out the way they think. I agree. Well, I, I, I'd love you to be right about that. I, I'm not so sure. I mean, you, you give people free stuff. You got, you're going against the grain to say, I'm not going to take this free government money. I'm going to grab a hold of personal responsibility ideology instead. I mean, I'm not saying there won't be illegal immigrants that do that, but I, I, I don't tend know. to you, think you it's the other way. You have to look at how most of, you know, where most of them come from and their family upbringing and the hard work ethic that they have and so on. And again, you're right. Not all will do that, but not all are going to be blue voters either like yeah. they're thinking. Well, I, well, look, I, I hope you're. I hope it's the other way. Yeah, Neil, your uh, your thoughts on this? No, I was just going to jump in quick and say, isn't that why? Um, isn't that part of the speculation as to why Trump did so well, and maybe even DeSantis? You know, with Latino voters in Florida, because they're they're people who've escaped socialism in Cuba. They want right. freedom, and and so I don't disagree with the premise you put forward, Bob, because I think that's the thinking of the Democrats on this. You know, let's load the country with people that we can um, hand out, you know, free money to, and that they're going to vote for us in every election for the you know ongoing future of our country. But uh, I think the bottom line is, I think John's got a point there that there's an awful lot of people. I think they're miss they're miss gauging this whole thing and that there's an awful lot of people are going to come here and say, hey, this is a place of opportunity. We enjoy the freedom that we sense we have here and we want to preserve it. So I think could end up flying in the face of what the Democrats are trying to do. Well, and actually, I mean, we do have freedoms in this country that need to be preserved. There, there's really no doubt about that. No doubt. And that's why, but, which by the way, can I just say, that's one of the reasons why it's so great having uh, Alliance Defending Freedom yeah. partnering with us on this podcast. I was just thinking that and, you know, what would we do without groups like Alliance Defending Freedom? And actually, you guys mentioned the media earlier. I know we're going to talk about the, uh, you know, uh, the the scandal that's going on right now with cover up of, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden and his potential involvement in China and some other things. Like, you know, we're going to touch on the, the Twitter files and people being shut down and canceled. Mm-hmm. By the way, Bob, if you keep talking the way you do, you're going to get canceled, brother. But the reality is, you <laughs> can't know, believe as, I'm not in jail yet. Quite frankly, like where do we go as individual human beings? Because you got big tech, you know, teaming up with the Democratic Party and trying to squash dissenting voices. Thank God for groups like Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm glad you mentioned them. I mean, they're the largest legal organization in the world committed to protecting religious freedom and the freedom of speech that we enjoy. Our constitutional rights, you know, that include include marriage and family values and parental rights and the sanctity of life. Um, they've won 14 victories uh, at the U.S. Supreme Court since 2011, and I think 80% plus of all the cases they've ever taken on. And they were there arguing on behalf of Lori Smith in that um, 303 creative case that was presented this week. So uh, thank God somebody's on our side. And by the way, 
right now, any one of us who gives towards Alliance Defending Freedom and the work they're doing, any one of our first-time gifts get doubled. So any $100 gift becomes $200, $250 becomes $500, etc. What a great opportunity to jump on board and support an organization that's defending the little guy, that's defending people who love freedom. It's what we talk about all the time. So what are we going to do You know, when they come knocking on our door and try to cancel us and shut us down or close our businesses? Um, the answer is we're going to call Alliance Defending Freedom, and they don't charge anything to their clients. I mean, legal bills can be tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's no cost to the clients that they represent. So let's get on board and support freedom by supporting the Alliance Defending Freedom. You can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. I think there's a donation button right there. Just click on it or call 877-367-6461 to donate. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net or 877-367-6461. And if I may, let me just jump on board. Like, Obviously, um, there's an effort to squash dissenting opinions in this country, and it's it's at the core of what freedom of speech is all about, the ability to raise the dissenting opinion. You know, so mm-hmm. let me just mention quickly. I don't know if you guys remember, but the the night before the second uh, presidential debate, uh, Trump versus Biden, I think it was October of 2020. This guy Tony Bobulinski, former Navy Navy veteran, stands up and says, "Hey, I got three cell phones here. I was a former." business partner partner of hunter biden and i've got proof on these cell phones that joe biden you know was involved in some shady business dealings with china and nobody covered it fox news ran it live let me mention that but like abc nbc cbs cnn msnbc if they even mentioned the story it was squashed it was it was maligned from the beginning and basically nothing was said about it long term this story you know the new york post eventually took it up but Every effort has been made to shut it down. And so when people tried to talk about it on Twitter, you know, that was shut down as well. People weren't allowed to either share direct information or even converse about it. And there was algorithms written. Elon Musk is now obviously beginning to expose some of that. And um, there's a journalist whose name I really can't pronounce, but I I know he's working on it. I think we're going to talk about that, Bob. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, the reality is there's a concerted effort to squash dissenting opinions in this country or to squash anything that represents truth. It's it's disgusting. It, it is. And, and, you know, Roger, this is really scary what's been revealed from, the, uh, from these Twitter files, which, by the way, can I just say, the Sunday morning shows of ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN, all four of those shows, guess how much total con- uh, combined time they devoted to the Twitter file releases, a combined total of seven seconds. I'm not making that up. Of all four combined, the media wants to sweep this under the rug. But the fact is, this is extremely troubling because we now know from these emails that the Democratic Party, the DNC, and the Biden campaign in 2020 they were, in fact, contacting not just Twitter, but Facebook and the rest of social media, but we know for sure Twitter. They were talking with them and sending them lists of here are the people, here are the tweets that need to be blocked, need to be taken down. This is misinformation. Oh, and by the way, you're going to hear some stuff about Hunter Biden and the laptop. What? That's Russian disinformation. And so the the – You've got deep state people, if I can use that term. Uh, you've certainly got the DNC and the Biden campaign actively working with with Twitter to manipulate 
an election to, in essence, rig an election and interfere in it. And Twitter went ahead and engaged in that. And this is, in fact, election interfering. It's the kind of stuff you see in third world countries. And I think Twitter's got to be held accountable for this. This is a bombshell revelation. These emails have been released admitting, yeah, yeah we know this. And we know we don't have justification for, for blocking the Hunter Biden story. So we're going to call it hacked materials, violating our hacked materials policy or unsafe violating that policy when some of them in the email show that's not really a legitimate reason yeah not at all and the fact that there there are major media organizations now that we're so used to carrying water everyone's kind of in their own echo chamber what was it cbs finally came out was it a week or two ago saying hey you know what i i think this is actually a story and it's amazing to me what the new york post runs i mean look the headline biden secret emails and instead of doing <clears throat> due diligence to find out the validity twitter runs for cover and starts saying we've got to stop this i'm really taken with the fact and i know you guys are too that there seems to be a contingent of the media elites the intelligentsia if you will that is so fascinated with the fact that they had already made up their mind that donald trump was a threat to democracy they had to do everything they possibly could to stop it and I just it boggles my mind. There was a David French headline this morning after uh, he tweeted out something after the uh, Warnock election, saying Georgia is showing us how conservatives are are stamping out you know Trumpism you know in, in, in America and still maintaining conservative values. And I'm like, no, I mean this is way deeper than that. It's censorship first and foremost. And it's amazing to me how many people on the left don't see it as what you just called it, Bob. I mean it's it, it's just absolutely mind boggling that we would see the, the courts being used the way they are, the uh, legislative process. Go back to that, uh, was it Newsweek article that we uh, tore apart uh, right after the election where they basically the writing team said, look, not only did we rig the election in 2020, here's how we did it, and here's why we did it. I mean, just right. it's so brazen. I mean, that, that it I happens know. like this anymore. It's incredible. It, it really is. It really is. And, John, I want to get your take on this. Before we do, though, I want to ask one more time uh, to our viewers and listeners of the podcast to uh, don't forget about Preborn, okay? Because I know a lot of you have been donating, and we thank you for that. We really do. Uh, but there's a lot of you that are maybe sitting on the sidelines you haven't given yet, and we're asking you to get involved. We want everybody listening to have some skin in the game, and let's save some babies' lives together, okay? Preborn, as you know, partners with pro-life centers all across the country by showing ultrasound images of babies to those moms. And those moms choose life 83% of the time if they can see an ultrasound image. Statistically, those are the numbers. And just as a reminder, do you know that preborn in just the first half of this year, just the first six months, saved the lives of 26,000 babies across the country? And by the way, there were 4,600 decisions for Jesus Christ among those moms. That's just the first half of this year. So that's what your money's doing, folks. 28 bucks saves one baby's life. $280 saves 10 babies' lives. We're asking you right now to give $280 to save 10 babies' lives. It's just simple. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab and you can give right there. It's a tax write-off for you. And don't forget, 100% of everything you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So $280 saved 10 babies' lives. And listen, for the rest of you, for some of you that are blessed financially by God or maybe you run a business, we need some of you to buy an ultrasound machine, and it's $15,000, all right? 15 grand, 
buy an ultrasound machine, you'll be responsible for literally saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. So whether it's two eighty or fifteen thousand, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net right now if you would. And you could also give over the phone by calling eight three three eight five oh baby. And they answer the phones twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now. As we continue this National Crawford Roundtable podcast, uh, talking about the the Twitter files, the Twitter gate thing. And you know, John, I, when I when I look at the the ugliness of this, the manipulating of elections. Okay, I know you're the hardcore libertarian guy. I get that. And I get that Twitter is a private company. So I understand all those things. And I know that you hate the idea of regulation of businesses. And so we're very much on the same page there. But my goodness, what do you do when elections are legitimate, really, truly being rigged. Because I just, I, I want to remind everybody, and I want to bring this up to you also, John. I know I've said this before, okay? Media Research Center conducted a survey of Joe Biden voters immediately after the election of 2020 right. and asked them, did you know about the Hunter Biden story that was censored by Twitter and Facebook and big tech and, and uh, the mainstream media as well? And a bunch of them said, no, we didn't know. All right. And then they asked, would you have changed your vote if you had known about this? 4.7% said yes. So if you take away 4.7% from Joe Biden, even if you give none of those votes to Donald Trump, Joe Biden still loses every single one of those swing states and uh, Donald Trump wins easily, let alone taking some of that 4.7%, giving it to Trump. Now Trump picks up additional states and wins by a landslide. So the fact is Donald Trump should be, he would be in the Oval Office right now if not for the censorship of even just Twitter. They affected enough people to cause those swing states to go the other way. They manipulated the election. They did, and what I'm going to say is, what Elon Musk is doing, and I'm not a fanboy of his by any means, but he's sure. going to keep digging and uncovering, and you're going to find a lot more things like this. I'm guessing, guys, dating all the way back to Hillary Clinton emails and server info all the way back to that. Now, to mm-hmm. your point, what do you do when it comes to regulating these entities? I've said it all along, and it's happening as we speak. Competition, if we have the right kind, which we now finally do, will correct this. Trust me, when Elon Musk is done overhauling Twitter and doing what I believe he's going to do when it's all said and done, Facebook and the others will have no choice but to follow what he's doing, or, or they'll just flat out go out of business, one of the other, one of the two. Really? Okay, so... How long is something like this going to take? Do we set, we've already sacrificed the 2020 election to this kind of fraud. Are we going to sacrifice the 2024 election too? No, it's not going to take long. Trust me. The way this guy moves and the things that he does, uh, even a year from now, it's going to be a totally different landscape when it comes to social media. And in the end, and I'm, I'm a believer that what Musk wants to do with Twitter is make it the app to end all apps. He, he's going to try to replace even Facebook and TikTok and all of the others that are out there and combine it all into one app. That's his goal when it's all said and done. And if he, if he succeeds at that, well, then this discussion doesn't matter. I kind of wonder if the U.S. government with the Biden administration still is going to try to, in some way, 
shut down or control Twitter. They're already talking they about that over in the EU right of now. Of course they will. Yeah, yeah. the one thing that we have to worry about now is exactly what you're wanting, Bob, is we, you know, we kind of always have said it'd be nice if they regulated some of this to make it a, flare, uh, you know, a fair playing field. Now I'm going to come back and say, no, not now we don't, because when they get involved and they start regulating Twitter, which is what we now do not want, I want Elon Musk just go do what he does best. Create a platform that's open to everybody, has free speech on it, and becomes the end-all to end-all apps. That's what okay. I Okay, but let me ask you this, though. Do you believe that uh, utility... I know we've talked about this before, but do you believe that utility companies and phone companies and things like that, okay, should they also have the right and the freedom to go ahead and shut down communication of conservatives that they disagree with? Or is it right that the government says you're a public utility, so you're not allowed to do that? Yeah, but it's a totally different... Sorry, no offense, guys... I don't have to have social media to live my life. I do need power and communication to live my life, but I don't need an app to live, guys. Two different things. Two completely what, different things. Well, you don't need it. Okay. But theoretically, you don't even need uh, The Amish don't have uh, telephones either. Many of them Agreed, don't. But they in live this without them. World, so you can. We, I know, but in this modern, modern world, world you communicate. The way you receive and disseminate information, though, is through social media and accounts like Twitter. That's how you reach uh, 100 million people. Well, I don't, but maybe others do. I mean, I guess I'm smart enough to go outside of the social media platforms to figure out what's actually going on in the world, and I don't rely on Twitter, Facebook, and others for my news. I guess I'm a little nervous about the, the elections themselves being lost because so many do. Look, I agree with you. I don't, I don't depend on it either, but there's so many that receive and give their information that way. No doubt. And these are voters, but, but and all, again, all he needs is a few million swing voters. Even as we speak, it's changing. Trust me, when more of this comes out as to what the Democrat, the Communist Democrat Party has had involvement-wise with Twitter, Dorsey, and the like, and Zuckerberg, and so on, believe me, this is all going to come to light in the next, you know, not even several months. Just it, It's happening daily now, guys. Every single day you're going to see more and more on this. Will that open right. everybody's eyes up? Probably not that, you know, that hardcore lefty that no matter what is going to vote that way, you're never going to change their mind. But that middle of the road voter that, that, that in, 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 your, uh, in your description, Bob, gets their news from social media, will it have an impact upon those individuals? I believe it will, yes. All right, all right. Can we will look- see. Now, I know. Uh, you know what? I, oh, boy, I'll tell you what. I look at the clock, and I'm thinking, oh, you got to be kidding me. We are so out of time on this. Sorry. Uh, and here's here's Neil. No, no, that's just look. Here's Neil and Roger sitting here watching you and me, John, in the octagon. Okay, as we uh, <laughs> as we now mop, mop up as they mop up our blood. Okay, uh, but uh, listen, we, we we do want to remind everybody because we're coming to the end of the podcast. Okay, and I just want to make one last appeal to you to in the midst of all the debates, wherever we may agree or disagree on stuff, something we can all agree on is that we can save babies lives through preborn. So donate that $280 if you would to save 10 babies lives. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net. All right, crawfordmediagroup.net. $280 will stop 10 abortions through preborn. Okay, that's preborn showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to moms. $280, please do that. And if you've been financially blessed by God, 
Maybe you got a business. You can buy an ultrasound machine for $15,000. We're asking you to do that. Okay, it's a tax write-off for you. Come on, we're coming up on the end of the year. You'll, your legacy will be stopping thousands and thousands of abortions. For everybody else, make your legacy stopping 10 abortions, $280. Uh, best Christmas gift you can give right now to anybody is letting 10 babies live. That's what your $280 will do. So go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there, or just call 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24 hours a day. Uh, guys, always great catching up with you. Neil Boron, Roger Marsh, John Rush, myself, Bob Duco. Guys, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll get at it again. And uh, may, may, maybe by next Wednesday, me and John, our, our, uh, our blood will have clotted and we'll be able to, uh, to, be to continued. move forward. <laughs> to be continued. All right. Hey, we'll see you guys. Have Thanks, Bob. Hey, you bet. Thanks, like, thanks for listening, everybody, everybody, too. Oh, by the way, quick reminder, myhopenow.com. You can watch video of this podcast or, of course, past episodes at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in wherever you listen. We appreciate that, folks. Thanks so much. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to Save Babies Now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.